0: not so much, hell yeah, but it's been on a little hi- hiatus here. It's your host, Donald Dowdy, with the Get Smoked MMA podcast. Uh, we're here in rural Connecticut, as we typically are. Uh, I am sick with uh, a certain... Uh, disease. I am vaccinated. I was having rough symptoms earlier this week. We won't, I don't want to get too into that. I, 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 I'm fine. Everyone I know who has COVID, who is close contact with me, kind of a holiday family thing. We're all fine. We're all recovering. We're all trying to be uh, thoughtful. Well, most of us are trying to be thoughtful in our movements and quarantining and such. So, uh, without with that out of the way, uh, yeah, I've, um. It's the Get Smoked Over Me podcast. Like I said, maybe this third time. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, kind of took a hiatus with the holidays. And, you know, I just had some random inspiration today to just release an episode. I don't even know what we'll be really discussing in the third part. I'm really going to speed through the fucking uh, Lewis Docus card real quick, which I did terrible on in picks. I'm not going to lie there, folks. Um, and then we'll, I don't know, maybe in the third thing, since it's today's 1231, maybe I'll make some mention of some Risen fights too, uh, which I did not see, but I've, I've caught the highlights of. Maybe we'll talk just about Risen as like a production thing in the second segment too, but I don't know, we're in our, this is New Year's Eve episode of Get Smoked in My Podcasts, and yeah, I just want to say I'm doing okay, um, might as well just get to the disclaimer at this point. Get through the rambling here. Um, I'm not affiliated with any gym or fighter, fight magazine, site, anything. Nothing. I have no affiliation with any person. Other than myself or friends who are fans of MMA. I've been for 15 or some, odd, some 15 years getting to that point for me. Um, but yeah, only, and uh, try not to be flippant when we're making picks. It's not really a pick making episode this week since we won't be a couple, <coughs> there won't be fights for a few weeks. So let's just move on to Docas versus Lewis recap We'll try and blow through that. Then we'll try and get to more abstract on the latter half of the episode. But I'll catch you guys on that side. All right, folks. Recapping uh, again, UFC fight night Lewis versus uh, Dawkins, uh, starting with Jordan Levitt, a uh, lightweight bout between Jordan Levitt and Matt Sales. I did not catch this bout. It appeared as though the read that I had, though, was Levitt was going to be able to just grapple him, and he did. So. If you've got a deeper read on that one, let me know. Next one I picked Levitt in that one. Next one we have Dante Maze, which in his literally the best fighting performance of his career against uh Josh Parisian. Who is not who's is, is certainly a guy who is there. But uh yeah mainly a grappling-based attack from Maze, which I was surprised with. He said he wanted to show his grappling. Sure. Next, uh, I picked out Tomei's <coughs> Maze. Next, we have Raquel Pennington versus Macy Keeshan. This is a great fight, actually. And, uh, you know, really back and forth. At least in the first round, Case was seemed like she was cowing. I was having a conversation with uh, Sean Hume on, uh, t- on Twitter there about uh, how uh, Raquel seemed to be cowed by Case uh, on strikes, and why couldn't she necessarily co- simulate something similar to what Pena. Can do because she's seemingly like a pretty tough lady, took a ton of damage against Dunez, you know, But yeah, she kind of just broke KS on here and ended up getting that 10-figure choke, which is like really cool. It was a really exciting fight. Really surprising, too. Uh, Charles Jordan does Charles Jordan things, finished. Oh, he didn't finish real It was practically just finished. It was like the entire last round felt like an ass whooping. And, uh, yeah, pretty... This was to be expected. From my perspective, picked Rodane. With Sagato, we said that we didn't really like Eubanks ever picking Sajaru Eubanks. And you're proven right. And Gato... You know, getting that front kick finish, you know, just she just displayed the you know the athleticism that I think is pretty clear. Like she's a pretty freakishly long armed, uh, muscular woman. Like she looks like a a, a very athletic person. So. Like, and very athletic people can just create finishing moments like that, which uh, I don't think, so. you know, that's kind of the whole, you know, being an athlete and fighting is easier type thing, even though Gato was giving up a ton of experience and maybe even a lot of technique, too, even on the ground, but... Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Jar just uh, wrestled her for the most part. Gato didn't really seem to have a great grasp of underhooks. So, that's something you probably should look for going forward. And I don't know if you've noticed this simp-type theme, but I feel like I should just address it. I do enjoy breaking down Women's MMA more then Ben Zimbabwe. I think there's uh, there's already enough people who, like, want to tool through uh, Volkanovsky and... Uh, but that's not to say I think Val Shevchenko is lighting the world on fire here, folks. It's just, I just, you know... There's there was a natural progression for me. I'm not talking about women's weight here. We're we're talking like women's flyweights and uh, women's strawweights. Good female fighting. So I I like to see prospects like uh, Gato get wins over people who are kind of the old guard, especially Sajariau Biggs, who's like 36 at this point. She's and she's like. Now again, once again has an even record, is basically someone sh- should be used as like a litmus test for people. It's a good word for Gato. Uh Harry Hunt Hunsucker got absolutely destroyed by Justin Taffa. Via yeah, head kick through guard. So there's that. Dustin Stolsoff did uh his did kind of Mackie Patolo things there at the third round, kind of controlling the grappling throughout most of the bout. And he made one mistake. He got tired and submitted. Uh, we picked Dustin Salsa. We picked Sujara Eubanks. <sighs> we picked Harry Hunsucker because we thought it would be funny. Um, sorry. Sorry. Shouldn't be flipping their boys. Uh, Darren Elkins got absolutely mollywalked. If That was really sad for me. I don't know. I didn't like that. It's like, Cubs Watson isn't exactly the... I mean, he can pop, but it's not like if you look at his rec... I mean, he did just finish Daniel Pineda, but... I don't know. Not exactly the guy you want finishing you in the first round is all. Uh, next Matthias Gamer. I always loved see Gaber get a win. (laughs) This crazy you know, takedown entries failing, re entering. He was starting to get tired, you could see. But apparently, Uh, CDF had cracked his rib in training and then just decided to fight through it and then, you know, Matthias just threw a knee and everyone's like, oh, it's not like how you want to finish it. It's like, what's the difference from that and like a a kick to the liver to, in my opinion, it felt like a very definitive uh, type of win for Matthias in my opinion. But not everyone else. Uh, next, we have Ricky Simone, Molly a Sun Tso, who's kind of washed. No offense to him. He's been around for a while now. He's a you know, a legend. Kind of at bad weight to be fighting this long. You just can't fight when you're that old. And he's... I, I hate when you say that old because now I'm in my 30s and I look at it, it's like, man, I'm not that old. It's like, this is, it's like 40 isn't old for, really that old for life, maybe, but like, it's old for combat sports. It's definitely ancient for men's bantamweight. Yeah. Next, we have a pretty surprising performance from Angela Hill. I was surprised at how much she was able to stand and hang in here with Lemos here, who seems to be another uh, person who seems to fall apart a little bit when they're getting tagged up. And I was surprised at how much the physicality didn't show up. And, you know, I'm liking Angela Hill beginning fights without the senseless, you know, footwork, the Dominic Cruz stupid stuff that exhausts her, and she, so like, the problem was she would do all this fancy, stylistic footwork fancy, in quotations there, folks, and uh, get tired, and then she like, plant, have to plant the rest of the fight. Now she's just using me- more measured Footwork to begin with and having more success. I mean, she almost did get finished in the first round. Um, with that front kick. And I mean, she almost finished Lemos, who's not who's also not young, you know. I'm just uh, very surprised. A lot of people scored it for Angel Hill, but I scored it for Lemos. Maybe a bit of bias on there on my part. But um that's uh it's just the way the cookie crumbles for Angela Hill, especially when she has no finishing potential. Really. Next, we have Balag, <sighs> remember the name Muhammad? Maybe the most hated man in all of bay. I'm not exaggerating that. It's very strange. Uh, defeating Stephen Wonderboy Thompson by wrestling clinic. And how can you really be mad at it? It almost seems like people should have just been wrestling Stephen Thompson the whole time and not trying to grapple. Not trying to, you know, strike with him at any point. And just like trying to be on his hips the entire time, and press him against the gauge But, hey. Hey, that's what we get you folks. Not everyone just wants to do it their way. And also, Stephen Thompson's obviously got a little bit older here. all did look a little more muscular. I'll, I'll say that, folks. Not to throw shade on the guy. Get those reps in. Uh, but yeah, that was a surprising one. Wall probably bolting ahead of his nemesis, Leon Edwards in potential title fight talks here. And then finally, Derek Lewis, swinging and banging, he felt, I don't know he just pushed uh, Docus to the cage. It was like, oh man, this guy's gonna, like, not going to do anything. And he just swinging and banging on him. You know? And put him to sleep. And, uh, that's your recap, really. I I didn't feel anything too... I mean, a couple of my people were on this card. Gotta go back a little bit. Just to make sure. I mean, Raquel Paddington's one of my gals. Um... I like uh, GM3 and Matthias Cameron and stuff, Angel Hill and Amanda Lemos, I just, (coughs) for some reason, just have no real, (coughs) excuse me, folks, (coughs) real attachment to this card in any way. It was fun. It was good. Moving on, we'll go to segment three. I'll figure out what the fuck we're even gonna talk about, really. But we'll get to that in segment three. going gonna get smoked. you gonna get smoked. He got nothing left but fire in his chest. All right, guys. Segment three. Don't really know what we're gonna talk about here. I just read that Betty White died, kinda that's kinda wild. But um yeah, I kinda just wanna talk a little bit about uh fandom, maybe a little bit, and maybe my own waiting fandom in some ways and how like how it's difficult to be a fan sometimes and <clears throat> of this sport because and I'll try to keep this to like 10, 15 minutes at most. But it really just stems from, you know, why did I start watching this sport? It's like I started watching when I was a teenager, so it's mostly because it was like an edgy new type of thing. Especially at the time, it was prevent, presented as kind of like a new wave sport, kind of the whole ex, kind of the the back end of the whole extreme type of, you know, marketing from like the late. 90s, early 2000s. And then, you know, you kind of watch a fight like Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner, and then you can, you know, wax poetic about something like that. Uh, This is just like my own personal fandom, a fight that really hooked me to MMA. I know it's like cliche. I'm like the guy that they got, you know. But I did watch The Ultimate Fighter and stuff prior to that, but it was really... Like, I like, whoa, this like, is crazy. At the time, and be like, man, like, uh, are human beings really capable of things like this? Are re- people are people really capable just pushing themselves to like impossible levels of you know, you know sacrifice and agony and uh in order to achieve a goal and that's really you know to be more that's like a more adult way of talking about it like we could talk about like for, for like a anime bushido perspective but yeah and then but at the same time you know when you're younger you don't reckon with the fact that these as much It's like, even though these people, it's a choice for these people to engage in martial arts or or like combat sports, Uh, like there's still people, they still have to deal with the consequences of training and, and the fights it's mostly the training that gets to people, the most uh, fighters a lot of the time talk about how, you know, the fight is the reward for all the training. And, you know, someone who's never trained or done anything like that, is, it's, uh, it still seems like a foreign concept to me because I've seen what uh, what can kind of happen to people in fights and for them to express that as, like, that's the good part is kind of wild, especially now as, like, a more maturing person. Um, And, you know, ultimately then you're looking at, like, things like fighter pay. Like, a lot of the time, uh, you know, MMA fighters can hardly survive, especially, like, the people who are just trying to make it to the UC or the regional promotions, working, you know, a a job or two jobs to then go to train afterwards or maybe they're a trainer, you know, they're teaching classes. It's like all that stuff is also taking away from the product of the fighter overall, like their skill set. But not only that, it's just like is is it worth it to go down this path? And so many fighters... I know I'm kind of rambling here, folks. But just open forum here. But so many fighters, like, will never make it to the point where they will have sustained income from MMA. (laughs) Uh, The vast majority... The vast majority, it's got to be like 80% over that of people who fight. It's like, how can I rationalize watching this sport knowing that people are just harming themselves over and over again for minimal rewards? And for only, on top of that, for the... People in charge of paying the fighters and stuff like that to say that this is, <clears throat> this is what's best for the sport or the fighters themselves to say that they don't want to unionize and, and such because that will drive down their income. Whatever ever example of unionization in sports has only drove income up, it puts you puts your when you're just thinking about the sport of MMA, it puts you into a difficult position as someone who wants to follow it because there's just so much wrong. There's just so much wrong with the sport all the way up and down, man. If we just want to talk, like... When I was talking about, like, my financials, the, the, you know, the people who just never will never make it, who are destroying their bodies for nothing, the, the you know, the, the, the sacrifice time of training for these people and, uh, you know, the expectation for promoters and uh, coaches and stuff that doesn't even get into, like, the, you know, the, like, the rule set problems of the sport, the ref, uh, I guess I mean, I mean the referee problem of the sport. I can't believe, you know, someone hasn't died yet in the time that we've watched this sport or it's been around. Like, you could go... I know hardcore fans, if there are any who listen to this who aren't just my friends or family or whatever, but you can go to you can probably think of a fight right off the top of your head where you're where you're saying, I can't believe that guy didn't die. Or man, I wish that fight had been stopped earlier, at the very least. And like you can think of For people who watch the sport very ravenously, you can probably think of three or four examples that happened this year alone. And that's that's only covering one major MMA organization. (laughs) So, like, when people talk about, like, health and safety of these, like, the people who are competing in this sport, it couldn't be any more like especially from official perspectives. It could not be any more of like a non truth. Because if you really cared about like the health and safety of these people, they would have health insurance and they would they would have uh salaries. At the very least, that would make it make it for the very first fighter under contract to to not ten and ten or whatever the fuck it is now. It's not. It's, I think it might be twenty five to twenty five, and we're talking that's without expenses or anything involved. That's twenty five to show, twenty five to win. Okay, that's without any expenses. So you're talking gym fees, you're talking management fees, you're talking this, you're talking travel, you're talking lots of different stuff. These people aren't taking everything home. They need the they need insurance, which I apparently the USC has paid for people's medicals before, which is uh, what they should be doing. But I know it's not, a entirely covered thing because it's only for fights. It's only for injuries involved in training camp going up until a fight. And not... Most fighters are training year-round for the most part. Whether or not they're going to be in a fight or they're not scheduled for a fight. So... Like, fighters are constantly, you know, looking to improve their skill sets. It's not, it's not something based like around monetization, you know, it's, that's just inherent within them to do that, but it's also something necessary for them to be doing, even if they're not, they don't have a uh, opponent picked. For them to stay in camp. It's necessary for them to do those. To stay training. So how can you. So if they get an injury. In that training. It's not liable for the insurance. Or it's not. The insurance does not cover that. So. Even though that's a. Literally a job expense for them. With the UFC. So there's just. I don't know. As you can see, I'm going all over the place with uh it when it has to deal with like um, having difficulty being a fan of this sport because it's you know it's individually based and you literally get to see the horrific amount of damage that gets put on these people. And then for the promoters and fans and media people alike to treat it like it's like no big deal at all, which I know not everyone does. And I know not even, you know, the majority might even speak out about this, but it needs to be the correct people. It needs to be the highest paid people like Muhammad, like, like uh, I was gonna give an example, like Muhammad Ali going, you know, you know relinquishing his world title essentially. Essentially, that's what it would take. Something, something like that. Where I know that was for political reasons. For unions, is unionization to work? It would need someone, people from the highest echelon of the sport, like re, like. All, if all of the champions just laid down their title, it's like okay, we're not gonna fight again until we unionize. Then maybe, maybe something could be done. I know many organizations have uh, uh, come and gone, so it all seems like a pipe dream really for fighters to ever be taken care of in the way that needs to happen for us that you know the sport is you know pretty short lived so far so we haven't seen any true horror stories of people I mean you, you can look at John Copenhaver War Machine I guess that I mean there's tons of horror stories. I guess the point is where people have reached old age well one recently is Sam Fisher. Uh you probably read that. I think it was an MMA fighting article. You read about his experience with uh, his post-fight career. How that's and he was one of my favorite fighters during that period. So made me pretty sad reading all of that shit. And I, I don't really want to have to read. I know that sounds. That sounds crass. <laughs> I don't want to have to read, you know, every few years about how this happens to somebody. when You know, we can... When somebody can say, hey, we can step in right now and try and do something good, you know, better for these people. And I don't have the perfect solution, but you know, you goddamn know it's not what it is now. So... This is kind of a bit an experimental uh, tiff, since we don't have any uh, fights this week, or the next coming week either, <clears throat> to try and have like a, more of an open forum discussion. I know it's probably just going to appear like rambling to most people, it probably is just rambling. So I really appreciate it. if you're listening to any of it at all, or uh, give me a like, or have a comment about it. But uh, this has been another episode of the Get Smoked MMA podcast, and uh, do your best to try not get smoked. Stop! Oh, what a jerk I am, guys. Uh. I just got to throw this in there. Happy New Year. Uh, Really appreciate everyone for listening for the first year that I've done this podcast. Um, I know it's not really the best quality of work. I'm trying to do better with that. Um, I think for whatever, we'll talk about that other bullshit later. But, uh, excuse me, again, really want to say... Really appreciate all the listens, friends, family, any listener. Honestly, it means a lot to me that you would, uh, allow me into your, uh, your, your private time, whatever it is to, uh, just kind of, you know, chat about everybody a little bit. So it, it means the world. So, uh, happy new year and, uh, I'll see you guys next year.